it, Dana. We're doing a mic check. How's your mic? How's your mic? My mic is good. Was yeah. yours real low? Yeah, baby. Yeah, that's because <laughs> Tobin sat in your chair the other day. Welcome to Crime Crazy, the weekly true crime podcast with Erin Pline and Diana Seacon, where we prove that we know nothing about our legal system, but we're still crazy for a good true crime story. So how's your week? Sure. (laughs) (laughs) Well, as soon as I said that, I thought that seems really weird to say since you and I have had a couple of meetings today. Right. (laughs) Before this. But you know. Yeah. So, Diana doesn't feel good, guys. No. You need to diagnose her over the internet, please. Yes, please. Make it stop. Yes. It's dumb. Bodies are dumb. Bodies are dumb. Super dumb. But guess what? What? I have cool news. What's that? (laughs) We're going to close on our house tomorrow. (gasps) Yay! It's been so long. It went to like 40 days. Oh, my God. Past the first closing date. But it does actually sound like everything is drawn up. Late morning tomorrow, I will no longer own a house in Virginia. Thank God. They gave us, like, the paperwork with all the numbers on it and everything. I should probably tell David about that. Oh, yeah. You should mention that at some point. I mean. Anyway. So, hooray! I'm really excited for you guys. It is about time. Oh, my God. Me, too. I'm so excited. I'm also really excited because next time we record, I think we'll have an official podcasting corner, (gasps) like kind of an official podcasting room, but certainly like real furniture and not these super uncomfortable camp chairs. I've had worse. Well, it's true. Although the one that I went to sit in a little bit ago, I'm pretty (laughs) sure the cat peed on. Yeah. So that's disgusting. So, Diana, when you were researching this week, or mm-hmm. at any point, mm-hmm. did you learn anything? So, not while I was researching, but I did learn something very exciting this week. Oh, yeah? Yeah. All right. Roasted radishes are delicious. Oh, my God. I learned that, too. Right? I That was <laughs> insane, too, because it tasted nothing like a radish. No, it was so good so good it was like sweet and Um, yeah it wasn't at all bitey like I think of radishes as being a little spicy and it it didn't have any of that no no it was lovely it had never Mm. I love radishes like I like the spicy it had never occurred to me to roast them right but now I'm gonna be doing that because they were so good so Erin what did you learn this week can I do two Sure. Because I, I learned something relevant to a past crime. Ooh. And then something relevant to a past crime. Ooh. But different ones. Ooh. <laughs> okay. You remember how we had the conversation a couple weeks ago about Dirk? Dirk the penguin. The penguin. And we were trying to figure out if there were penguins native to Australia. Yes. Well, I Googled. Because, you know. I have the internet. Right. I can do that. I found out there are. Penguins native to Australia. Are they? Guess what kind of penguins are native to Australia? Good day, mate, penguins. <laughs> it's not a penguin. <laughs> Fairy penguins. Are they really? Yes. Oh, wow. That's cool. But this makes me feel like Dirk was actually pretty lucky that the people that saw him in the canal or whatever mm-hmm. called 
and or tried to find out if there was a missing penguin because it's possible he was a wild penguin i mean my my guess is that there weren't like flocks of wild penguins in the canal (gasps) but at the same time like he could have just been but what if there were flocks of wild penguins somewhere well i assume there are i know but now i want to go see them (laughs) (laughs) so like pickles (laughs) Penguins in zoos do not just appear there. <laughs> they don't grow on trees. They all started out. They don't grow on the fairy tree? No, not so much. <laughs> oh, but that's yeah, great. So well, so that makes a luckier than I thought. Well, and that makes a little bit more sense because um, I got to thinking about it later. If he were a like a cold weather penguin, mm-hmm. he may have been sick. Right. Yeah. yeah. And it, you know, it specifically said he returned back to SeaWorld exhausted, but fine. Like, right. he was just all tuckered out from his big adventures. Right. Well, and so if there are fairy penguins native to Australia, and then he was in the wild of Australia, he also might be, I mean, depending on, I don't know, lots of things, lucky that that his natural predator, who I'm sure is also native to Australia, didn't get him. Well, he thought that he had maybe been chased by a chased by a natural predator. <laughs> right. No, he really locked out. Oh yeah, no, definitely did. Oh, that's adorable. Yeah. So the other thing I learned is about the Colonial Parkway murders. Oh. Yeah. So I was on why was I doing research about them just to touch back and see oh no 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 it's because I follow their Facebook group mm-hmm. and so uh, love a couple weeks ago last week I did the update with like they got the DNA yep. back and so I was doing some research there just trying to see like what why this was new news and not known news mm-hmm. which now I'm even actually more confused about the whole thing there are a couple of books that were written just about these crimes mm-hmm. and so I downloaded special kind of evil and I've been listening to it on the bus because that's the best thing to do on the bus is listen to a book <laughs> totally right although maybe not so much a book about people who kill people on the road like that's a little creepy but then you're just looking at everybody on the bus like is that why you're here well, <laughs> yes. And with my recent bus experiences, yeah, that's probably why they're there. <laughs> but anyway, so I'm listening to this book. It's really great. But I think I've said before, like, the reason that all of this is really interesting to me is because that was, like, basically where I lived. Yep. And some of the victims were from Gloucester. And, like, the guy I think did it, although now I don't have any clue, um, was from Gloucester. Mm-hmm. And, like, so it was a big, a big thing. So I'm listening to this series and I – or this book – And I learned some things about the Colonial Parkway that I did not know. And I have only ever lived 30 minutes from the Colonial Parkway my (laughs) entire life up until this past month. So I learned that even though the parkway looks really, really old. So the Colonial Parkway, if you know nothing about it, it connects um, Yorktown and Williamsburg and Jamestown. So all of those super, you know, new colony, all of that very good historical stuff. It existed for a really, parts of it existed for a really long time, but it wasn't until 1957 that they decided to like build out the Colonial Parkway and make Mm -hmm. it what it is today. 
which I had no idea because if you drive on it, it's this like gold aggregate road, no lines painted anywhere on it. There are no street lamps. You can't see any buildings off the side. It is all trees. The trees are like a complete tunnel of trees. There are a couple of places where the interstate will cross over it, but it's, um, Instead of having a flyover that's big and concrete and looks like an interstate flyover, it's this old red brick like oh. bridge and all of this stuff. There are a bunch of pullouts where you can like take in the scenery, although that was where when I was learning to drive, they were always like, uh, yeah, you never stop, especially in the dark. You don't stop for a cop car. You don't stop for anybody. They're going to kill you Yep, because of all of this. So 1957 is when it was built. They started planning for it before then. 19, by 1936, they had started to plant the trees that were going to block the houses and the farms oh, and everything wow. from view. Long and game. Yeah. Even when you're getting on and off of exits, you can't see anything. Like the trees are so dense and so intentionally positioned so that it just looks like you're in the woods until like you're on some other road somewhere. Oh, wow. It's gorgeous. So. But I could see where it would also be like terrifying. Terrifying and very dangerous. Well, and because it is a federal park, right? Because it's all that historical, whatever. It's actually, I don't know if it still is, but for many, many, many years, it was the country's narrowest federal park. Oh, because right? it's essentially like the road <laughs> and a few feet off the road. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine that it that something else narrower has taken its place. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it is like a three lane road. So maybe somewhere out there, there's a federal park that's only like two lanes. Yeah, maybe. But yeah, so it's just absolutely beautiful. That Oh, so by 1936, they were planting all of the trees to hide everything intentionally, right? And they planted 14,592 oaks, maples, holly, sycamore, and gum trees. Oh, wow. But they planted 16,791 dogwoods, which is Virginia's state tree. Oh. So it is just amazing. I bet it's amazing in the fall. Oh, yes. So the other thing I didn't really know, I mean, I knew from experience, but I'd never thought about it, is that 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 whole area is called the Tidewater region. And Mm -hmm. so the Tidewater region um, doesn't have their fall until really late in the year, like almost November, Mm -hmm. much later than the rest of the entire state. Um, And so it is very lovely for like three days. So yeah, I am fascinated by that book. I am really, really enjoying it. Recommend it. I am a little sad because I'm fairly certain I'm coming to the end. Mm -hmm. And A, it's going to be over and that's sad. And B, they have not even talked about the guy that I think did it. Oh man, I gotta get on that. Right? What well, if he doesn't come up at all? I know. <laughs> <laughs> so once I am done with the book that I am reading, which has taken way longer than it should, <laughs> um, I'm going to have to talk about it because Jeff got it for me for my birthday. And it's about the first murder in Minnesota. Oh, I heard you were telling somebody about it. Yeah. The other day. So it's, it's really fascinating. But the thing that keeps getting me is I know all of these names. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. you know they're, they're streets or parks or rivers or right. You know? right. <laughs> one of them is a town I have lived in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's kind of fun to, 
to read that kind of stuff about your hometown. Yeah. Yeah, That I'm really enjoying that in this book too. I'm also enjoying yelling at the narrator every time she says Norfolk wrong or, (laughs) or she talks about like, um, Washington Avenue. It's called 17 lady. Just get off your high horse. And <laughs> it's like when the, uh, when the 35 W bridge fell down. Yeah. Uh, here in Minneapolis, which was 11 years ago yesterday. Oh, wow. Yep. Um, I, we lived right by there, uh, and we heard it go down and then Jeff had to go to work and I stayed up all night listening to the BBC, like right. reporting for my neighborhood. And they kept referring to it as the 35 West Bridge. And we're like, no, 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 no. It's 35W going north. Like, that's right. all sorts of wrong. There's does, no 35 West. Does the W, does it at one point mean West? Or is it just, mm. it's just the well, letter? So kind of. No. Um. So there's, there's two 35s in the metro. So 35 is an interstate. It comes right. up from Dallas or something. Texas. Wow. Yeah, no, it goes all the way. Um, And then around the Twin Cities, it splits. And for some oh. reason, instead of doing the different numbering, they label it 35W. And 35E. And 35E. Yeah, so 35E okay. goes through St. Paul. 35W goes through the, the sure. West. Sure, sure. That makes sense. Yeah, instead of making it like 435 or whatever it would right. be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, I don't know why they did that. But I remember all night listening like, no, 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 no. Yeah, that's wrong. That's not what we call it here. Yeah. Do I need to walk down there and tell you? That, and you tell know? you, yeah. That's so funny. All right, so uh, it's your turn to tell me a crime story. Ooh, I have one. Oh well, good. And I'm fact, so glad you came prepared. I've been sitting on this one for a couple of weeks, and I've wanted to talk to you I about know, it so hard. I know. <laughs> Is this the one? In our team meeting, you were talking about, and I had to plug my ears. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Here I am in a team meeting, team of five, and I'm the only one not allowed to listen. I'll tell you. I'll tell you what I said. Okay. <laughs> well, I hope you'll tell me the whole story. I will. T- I will tell you the whole story, but then I'll tell you. Right. The part okay. that I told everybody because it was actually my kid being funny about it. So. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. All right, so this story takes place at the Airtight Bridge. And the Airtight Bridge is a steel bridge with a wooden deck that is over the Embarrassed River in Coles County, Illinois. There are a whole lot of interesting things going on in that sentence. Right. (laughs) Yes. Why is it an airtight bridge? I'm glad you asked. Oh, good. <laughs> I was afraid you were going to say. Just so cause. here, I'm going to I'm going to show you the picture, and we can post it. Oh, it's gorgeous. It's beautiful. It's in rural Illinois. It's about eight miles north of a town called Charleston, Illinois, and apparently it's called the Airtight Bridge because it is when you're crossing the bridge. Everything I read said it's there's an unnatural stillness. It's just Ooh. very peaceful and quiet. Does it have to do with the structure of it? Or is it like maybe haunted? Um, no, it's, it's more because it's super rural. It's not really on the way to anywhere. You kind of have to know where it is. Uh-huh. Um, and it's just really in the middle of nowhere. This lovely little bridge over this little river in this really nice Is it a nice vehicle area. bridge? I believe so. I couldn't quite tell because if you, you know, again, if you look at the picture. It looks it's like got, it's got like boards you could drive on, but it's not paved. Well, or... no, it's a, it's a wooden, wooden yeah. deck. So I think maybe at most like a single car bridge. Yeah. But it sounded like also like not a ton of traffic. Sure. Like you have to know it's there. Yeah. 
Uh, so the bir- the bridge itself was built in 1914 by the Decatur Bridge Company. And it was added to the National Register of Historic Places in 1981. Cool. It was added to the National Register of Historic Places in 1981, both because of its um, construction and all of that, and because of an event. I wasn't born in 1981. I just wanted to put that out there. I was born the next year. Ooh, what a dirty look. <laughs> Not even any reaction. I mean, David was born that year, but in December. I was six. Well, you're old. <laughs> True story. Je- Jeff, <laughs> Jeff was in not quite high school. <laughs> He's even older. He's even older than I am. <laughs> so I did not realize until I read this that um, events could be reasons that places are placed on the National Register of Historic Places. Well, but I mean, I mean wouldn't I that make sense? It like, does. if it was a Civil War site, that's how it would end up on something. Yeah, I just it never occurred to me that like something. Well, that, I'm guessing this is this is more of a. I don't know. I how else? What else would be? Um, things that are like architecturally important. Okay. Or just old. Well, this was an event. An event. An event. Would you like to hear about the event? Yes. If you do enough vocal fry, I can see it in the recording. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Tell me about this event. I'm sure it is cheerful. Butterflies and flowers. It's hauntings. Yeah, it's not good. (laughs) So because this bridge is in a fairly remote location, it had a reputation as being a place where the local kids would hang out and drink and get up to shenanigans. That, that's the parkway, too. Yeah. <laughs> so other other than, you know, the local shenanigans, it was a pretty run-of-the-mill place mm-hmm. until they found the body. Oh, good God. William and Tim Brown, who were brothers from rural Urbana, Illinois. <gasps> there was an Urbana 20 minutes from where I lived. Ooh. But it was Urbana, Virginia, not Illinois. <laughs> Yeah, you'd, she says needlessly. <laughs> you'd need a black hole. Is that what I'm thinking? To get the, get right there. I minutes? could operate. Oh man, that'd be so great, right? Yeah, someday. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> they're from Urbana. They're out hunting deer on mm. October nineteenth, nineteen eighty. Yeah, I wasn't born yet, but my parents were married that year. Continue. I think, I think my parents got divorced. <laughs> <laughs> it was an important year. Maybe maybe we should put it on a historic registry. It might, might have been 81. I'm not real sure. <laughs> we actually, um, we were moving to Minnesota uh, right around that time. That's when my parents split up. So I guess they didn't get divorced that year. They get, uh, but yeah, we, like that's right around the time we were moving to Minnesota when I was a kid. Cool. Everything I read said it was a pleasant Sunday morning. Mm-hmm. The brothers were crossing the airtight bridge when they saw something on the shores of the Embarrassed River. So they pulled over to have a look. And on so their way... A car. Right. <laughs> on their way down to the bank, they encountered a local farmer named Victor Hargis, mm-hmm. who came along to see what was going on. Okay. What they found... Was bad. It wasn't good. Yeah. It was a woman's naked body. Oh. But that body had no hands... Oh. No feet. Uh Uh-huh. No head. Well, how did they know it was a woman? No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. (laughs) That was the only part of the story I'd ever heard. I didn't know it was this story. (laughs) 
<laughs> That's awful. Should we tell them about my stupidity? Diana's having a rough week, guys. <laughs> Diana's she doesn't feel week. good. <laughs> so when I was researching this story and I get to the point where they're like, it was a woman's body. No, no hand, no feet, no, no head. And my first thought, I was also like, I'm not feeling good. But I was also researching late at night. So I was like extra tired. Yeah. And so I'm reading that. I'm like, well, how did they know it was a woman? If they don't have her face or her fingernails. Oh, the vagina. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, dead yeah. giveaway. Yeah. Maybe they ran her DNA. <laughs> In 1980? <laughs> yeah, I bet they got right on that. <laughs> Victor, the uh, local farmer, drove home and called law enforcement. No cell phone. Yes. How inconvenient. Police worked into the night. They brought in scuba divers to try to locate the missing body parts, which they noted had been severed fairly cleanly. Oh. They were never found. All they had was this torso. So um, Mysterious Heartland has an article about the airtight bridge murder, and I'm going to read you a paragraph right, right from that. Okay. Coles County Coroner Dick Lynch described the woman as being in her 20s, quote, rather flat-chested, <gasps> Not in the habit of shaving, about five feet nine, weighing around 130 pounds with dark auburn hair. He deduced that she had not been dead for more than a day or so, and that she had been killed somewhere other than at the bridge. Okay, he's a pig. Yeah, also, fuck you. Right? (laughs) You said his name was Dick? It was Dick. Yeah, that yeah. seems about right. Dick Lynch, maybe. I mean, my grandpa's name is Dick, but this guy was a dick. Well, yeah, like, what does that have to do with anything? Right. I mean, yeah, I feel like if <laughs> it's just the way, like, those are those are physical descriptors, well, but in a really offensive tone. Well, but, so that's the thing. There are ways to say things like, she had small breasts and was unshaven right but also like why why how do you know she wasn't in the habit of shaving maybe she was busy (laughs) well also like what does that matter you know there i don't know why the amount of body hair had to be counted on at all unless it was unusual like had been shaved cleanly i think is notable does not shave not particularly notable maybe if you're trying to identify identify somebody and it's not a norm for that age and era like I suppose 20 somethings tend to shave in my town so right but does also, anyone know a hairy one I, but also <laughs> unshaven like I don't want to get too gross here but like uh, unshaven where right Be- not her legs not her legs maybe armpits armpits like I don't I don't know how much was there but no that's probably not not what he was thinking of no but also yeah yeah Right? None of your business. Right. Healthier that way. Right. Just saying. Yeah. Razor burns thing. Right? Well, um, yeah, just general, like, ugh. What a dick. Right. Also, Diana, the way they knew that she was a girl, she didn't have a dick. Was that it? That was it. (laughs) Because apparently it wasn't the boobs. Well, it wasn't because, remember, she's flat. Flat chested. Yeah. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm. 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 How about the fact that like she seems to be a really healthy weight, kind of thin and yeah, five nine one hundred thirty. That's not kind of thin. That's that's really thin. Really thin. Like that's more notable than right. Her boobs weren't very big. Well, no, because she didn't have any body fat. And <laughs> well, right. But I'm five eight. Yeah, 
I have been 130 pounds. I looked like I needed somebody to feed me sandwiches. Yeah. Like uh, that was way too skinny. Although I'm, I'm also built broad. Like I'm built like an Irish firm wife. (laughs) 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 Maybe she was a much more slender build than I am. Yeah. But I think still like that's very slim. 35 sounds more like a good weight for somebody who's about my height. Right. And I am not five, eight. I'm a good six inches shorter than that. Aww. But I'm also not 5'1". Love you, Courtney. <laughs> She's going to take that whole inch. <laughs> <laughs> Her remains were shipped over to Springfield mm-hmm. to be examined by pathologist Dr. Grant Johnson at Memorial Medical Center. What is it with all these phallic names? <laughs> <laughs> I Sorry. used to be a Johnson. Well... <laughs> But she didn't have one, so if they cut off your head, they'd know how to... I'm sorry. I'm never going to let that go. Man, even when I'm dumb, I'm fun time. (laughs) So Dr. Johnson wasn't really unable to uncover anything conclusive, but he did find a few things that he thought might help figure out who this person was. Okay. Number one. Now, again, remember, this is 1980. Right. So... I don't remember that, but yeah. Well, but like DNA, no. not a thing. Like, right, right. We've made so many strides. So bear that in mind as I'm telling right, you this. Right. Um, first thing is she had a positive blood, which is actually fairly uncommon. Okay. She didn't have any major scars, birthmarks, or tattoos. Okay. There were no drugs, poisons, or alcohol in her system. Just a little aspirin. Okay. There was no evidence of rape or abuse. Interesting. He but- was... Unable to determine the cause of death. Well, yeah. Because she's missing half of her body. Right. Yeah, a lot of those parts are just gone. The blood type ended up being important because it could be used to match against missing persons reports and then cut down the amount of people that this could potentially be. But other than that, they went through all the missing persons reports. They they did what they could. Mm. But it went cold really quickly call your people call your people and four days after the body was found the sheriff's department suspended the search for clues in and around the river they just didn't find anything that's so sad but a year after she was found she was buried in charleston's mound cemetery in a grave marked jane doe Hmm. and that seemed like it was it yeah yeah because at that point like yeah, no, ident- no identifying features. Nobody saw anything. No one's missing. Nobody's missing. No clues. Yeah, just nothing. Mm-hmm. Nothing. But 12 years later. Wow. In 1992. Uh-huh. I was born then. I was 10. That was my senior year in high school. <laughs> it was my senior year in elementary school. Aww. <laughs> In 1992, local police announced the identity of Jane Doe. Okay. Her name was Diana Marie Reardon Small. Aww. Noted in most articles as Diane, making her definitely not like me because I hate being called Diane. (laughs) She was 26 at the time of her death. She left behind a husband and a two-year-old daughter, Vanessa. How come she hadn't been reported missing? Did you read my notes? No, I just have good (laughs) questions. I've been doing this for over a year. 
Sue? Yes, you have. <laughs> so they had gone back and they had looked at all the missing persons reports. They were able to cut out a large number of them because of the, the uncommon blood type, which sure. was handy. Sure. But the real reason that she had never shown up in that search of the missing persons reports was because she was never reported missing. <sighs> okay. So I feel like even if your husband doesn't care enough to report you missing, like at some point, you said her daughter was two? Two. Yeah, no, he's going to go to the police. Because he is a two-year-old. Yeah, nobody wants to be like a two-year-old. So her husband, Thomas mm-hmm. Small, mm-hmm. Uh, said that she'd left home before, figured that she'd run off with another guy. And that was cool. Sure. He did call police shortly after the body was found back in 1980 to tell them that his wife had left on October 15th and had not returned, but that she'd done it before and didn't feel like it was worth filing a formal missing persons report. But just wanted to kind of let him know? Yeah. So, they, like... Apparently, there there was something... I don't remember what it was called, but it was... Um, like more of an informational report, but it wasn't a formal missing persons report and they okay. didn't much look for her because he said like she probably ran off with another guy. Right. What But still, I feel like they should have checked against that list too. There's more. Uh. So what about the rest of her family? Yeah. What about the rest of her family? <laughs> well, her mom and sister had joined a small christian sect cult cult and they had become disconnected from diane and her husband but after about 10 years in this small christian sect cult diane's sister virginia who was called ginger left the church and decided to get in touch with the rest of her family when she learned of her sister's disappearance she filed the missing persons report after diane had been gone for more than a decade I, uh. Her information was added to the National Missing Persons List, and it wasn't too long before her information was matched. The police got DNA samples from Diane's parents, who have, of course, since passed away, and found that the samples matched those taken from the body found in the Embarrass River. She remained buried in the Charleston Cemetery. They didn't move her, but a new stone with her real name was placed at her grave. Aww. So that was 1992. Yeah, well, the husband did it. Either that or Dick. <laughs> Could go either way. Um, although several sources I looked at said that they they immediately figured that the husband had done it. Or, yes. You know, because um, that's it's always the, him. It's always the husband. So they went, and, they went and had a chat with Tom Small. And as they were questioning him, he said it wasn't on purpose and then asked for a lawyer. They did not search the home. They did not follow up. Nothing. Everyone is stupid. A, they should have done those things. B, they should have checked all the lists before using taxpayer money to bury someone at the very least. Mm -hmm. But also because she's a human being. Um, And also he is stupid because after 10 years, they didn't even identify her in all that time. And you know, there's no evidence and blah, blah, blah. Why would you confess? But wait, there's more. Diana. (laughs) She just looks at me while I say these things. Just blank face. And she just nods. (laughs) 
just keep going. No, it get it d- out of your system. It Go does ahead. just keep going. <laughs> so that was 1992. Yeah. In 2012. Holy crap. Which even my poor math skills tell me is 20 years later. Right. Over 30 years since they found over her. Over 30 years since they found her. Sheriff Daryl Cox decided to reopen this cold case. Now He was bored. N- well, actually, no. I mean, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> also, third investigator with a phallic name. Yeah, I didn't even notice that until you brought it up. <laughs> I have the sense of humor of a 12-year-old boy. It's yeah, bad. Me too. Uh, so... Sheriff Cox, fun fact, was the patrol officer on duty that arrived on the scene first back in 1980. So he had always remembered this case. It always kind of bothered him. He became sheriff and was looking at a lot of their kind of cold or unsolved cases and wanted to clean them up. So he started assigning them out. Wow. He had been working for over 30 years before he became a sheriff. Mm Mm-hmm. That's well, like, we don't know when he became a sheriff. He just was in 2012. Okay. I don't know how long he had been. Had been. Okay. But he still has been working for a long time. Oh, yeah. He's, you know, firmly middle-aged at this point. Yeah. Um, Illinois State Police agreed to do a crime scene investigation of the house that Tom and Diane had lived in in 1980. He had since moved away, of course. I am sure you'll find just all the evidence. They did find some blood. Oh, but not good. enough for any kind of conclusive testing. Plus, it was 30 years old. Did nobody clean? Well, <laughs> I mean, I assume it's like under some sort of flooring. It right? must have. I didn't get, didn't get a lot of detail on. But how on. long before blood no longer has usable DNA? Like, or can it well, be Well, apparently, apparently 30 years because it wasn't, it was not enough for conclusive. Maybe it wasn't good enough shape. Right. So it was in 2012. In late 2017, Mm. Coles County Sheriff's Office Lieutenant Christina Stephen finally got permission to go interview Tom Small. Oh, my God. Along with Lieutenant Tyler Helene. Oh, I thought you were going to say penis. No. Assumed. No, I just don't know what to do with the vowels in there. Okay. So along with this Lieutenant Tyler Helene, she interviewed Tom Small, and uh, they they had a conversation. He bonded with this lieutenant. They were both military men. They had some common interests, so it was really smart of her to bring this guy. So they they talked to him for a while, kind of warmed him up and whatnot. Yeah. And then they said, you know what? We're going to come back tomorrow. We'll talk a little bit more. That day, Stephen, Christina Stephen, said that she brought up things that Diane's sister Ginger had told her like about the odor in Tom's car, which he'd owned at the time of Diane's death, but how he'd sold it after her body had been identified. Mm. Eventually, Tom Small was asked to take a computer voice stress test, which he failed miserably. He'd already confessed to police officers. Right. So again, I'm quoting from the, um, I think it's from Mysterious Heartland. During the questioning that followed, Stephen said that they told Small that they knew he was a good guy and it had to be eating him alive. Helene noted Small's sparsely finished apartment and other signs of self-neglect. You could tell that he hadn't put it in his past, Helene said. He finally gave it up. That sounds almost heartwarming, and yet he murdered his wife. Yeah. Tom Small said that there had been problems in their marriage. Well, yes. He said that Diane had cheated on him and he had taken her back. 
But then she started acting weird mm. and at one point started swinging at him. Oh. He said oh. that he got a coal poker from an old furnace in the house and he kept it with him in case she tried to hit him again. When she did, he swung back and hit her on the head. He said that he might have hit her more than once. He said that he almost called for help, but was worried about how his two-year-old daughter would react, so the lies started. Um. Small said that he put Diane's body in their attic and left it there for a few days until the smell was too much. He then put the body in his car, along with his daughter, because she was too young to leave alone and started driving randomly. Eventually, he turned onto the dirt road about nine miles northeast of Charleston and about 130 miles away from where he lived. He's With a stinky dead body and his two-year-old child? Yeah. So the, the 130 miles makes me think that even though he had filed that you know, whatever, not yeah. missing persons report, the the interest yeah. or whatever it was. Maybe they didn't look that far. 130 miles is a, it was a long distance in 1980. Yeah. Oh, that's true. Okay. I see what you're saying. So even if they had looked on that list, they might not have looked so far in so far away. Right. But I mean, they didn't have computer when, link systems very much. Like 130 miles was a long ways away. Right. Well, yeah, and it's not like they put that in some big database and yeah. tell people about they're like, mm, we're not really worried about it. But do we know when in this timeline he called and made that report? After her body was found. Okay. So, okay. Because it wasn't it wasn't before he got rid of her is what I was trying to It establish. was after he got rid of her after the body was found. Okay. And I'm not real sure whether he knew the body he'd found. I think he had. Okay. And I don't know if he was just trying to cover his ass or right. what the intention there was. Right. So. I mean, I would have said that it's like to claim life insurance or something by having her declared dead, except that mm. they weren't able to identify her and he didn't. It doesn't sound like he ever tried to declare her dead or anything. Right. She just ran off. Right. He said he tried to find a place where nobody was at, and then he dismembered mm -hmm. her body along the bank of the river. While his two-year-old sat in a stinky car by herself. Probably. With what? Well, I mean, it's 1980s, so probably not like a car seat or anything. No, I meant with... <laughs> oh! <laughs> <laughs> like, what toys do I think she had with her? <laughs> Maybe a book? <laughs> she can't read. She's too, Diana. <laughs> that doesn't mean that he, she doesn't sit there and just turn the pages like she's reading. True. <laughs> I was thinking more like, what did he cut his wife up with? With an axe. Like, really? Or are you just... <laughs> That's what I was trying to, trying to establish. As if it was <laughs> with an axe. With an axe. He said he tried to find a place where nobody was at mm -hmm. and then dismembered her body along the bank of the river. To continue to make it hard to identify her, he took her head, hands, and feet back to the house, Oh! burned them, and later threw them into the Vermilion River. He said that the axe he used went into a park lake, and the fireplace poker went into a quarry in... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Kankakee? 
okay. Yeah, I don't know. Do that. That's those are like that's pretty sophisticated sounding. Like he thought through this. Yeah. Uh, and neither tool nor the remaining body parts have ever been found. No right. trace. No trace. Wow. According to the officers who interviewed him, the only time that Tom Small showed emotion is when he talked about his daughter. His concern about her feelings even led him to bring her to Diane's grave in Charleston, but said that he didn't want his daughter to know who killed her mother until he was dead. His only thought about confession was to write a letter and keep it in a safe deposit box. Officers also asked if he was worried after Diane's body was identified in 1992. He said that, in the back of my mind, I was worried all the time. After the interviews, local police were notified and they arrested Small. In November of 2017, Thomas Small pleaded guilty to the 1980 murder of his wife and was sentenced under the 1980 statute. He was sentenced to 30 years in prison with credit for time served between the arrest and the conviction. As he is currently in his early 70s, hopefully that fucker will never see the outside again. Yeah. I mean, I guess there's something to be said for the fact that he, even though he's a obviously a monster, right? He was able to cut up the woman with whom he had a child, mm-hmm. put her in the car with the child, drive her, like all of that kinds of... But he's not, he's not like a serial killer with no human emotion. Well, right. Like so he may have even been a, I, like, I wonder, I wonder how his daughter is. Like, I wonder if she's a normal human being and he was a good parent. It seems like it because the, um, she's given a couple of interviews and he, God, can you no. And she has said like, he was a great dad. I'm glad he's my dad. You like, I had an yeah. okay upbringing. But now I know that he murdered my mom. Right. <laughs> you know? Like, I, you know, grew up without a mother. What do you even do with that? Well, in what, what really prompted it? Like, was she really going nuts? Was just this just of a case of an abusive guy saying she started it? Right. Was. Well, and there's no way to ever know. You only have his side of it. Well, right. And he, like, I wasn't able to get, like, physical measurements on him. And now he's an old guy who looks like. He's an old guy. Yeah. But she was 5'9", which is tall. That's taller than right. I am, but very slender. Very tiny, yeah. And and young. She was 26. Yeah. How much of a threat was she? Right. She didn't have a pink taser, so like... Right. Um, you know, what caused her, if she, if she did become aggressive, what caused her to become aggressive? Right. What caused him to react in such a violent manner? Right. What caused him to, like, it was kind of the perfect crime. Yes. She had no one looking for her. No. And he knew that, I'm sure. You know, he knew that the, sure. the mom and the sister had, had pieced out for the cult. Yeah. It was very convenient. All of those things were very convenient right. for, for him. And, you know, I was thinking about this, too. I was thinking, about, like, what about her job? It was 1980, and she had a two-year-old. She probably didn't. She probably didn't have a job. Yeah. Um, and even if she did, it probably wasn't something that, like, especially if she had left before, like, they probably wouldn't have thought twice if he was, like, so, yeah, you know, you've called the house. She's not here. Yeah. She's gone. I did talk to the police. Like, mm, we're not worried. Yeah. She probably ran off with another guy. Right. Maybe yes. Maybe I mean, maybe she had cheated on him. Like, we, there are just so many things we don't know. But, like, he did a good job. 
job. He really did. He really like, did. That was really, yeah, impressive. Mm-hmm. Um, it does make me vindictively happy that he apparently suffered with it for the rest of his life. Very much. So that's something. I just, I can't imagine having murdered my husband, taking my kid to his grave. Yeah. Yeah, that's... Like, I feel like that's a job for the grandparents, maybe. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. I just, I... Well, so he would be sort of sympathetic, I would imagine, as an old man. Oh, he looks much older than his years. Um, There was actually a lot of documentation about the interviews and and everything that the the two officers had with him. And they said, like, he was in this sad-ass little apartment. There wasn't much furniture. He wasn't eating right. He wasn't taking any kind of care of himself. And it's not, you know, I know a lot of times with men in their early 70s who have lost their wives recently, like, that's a thing because they don't know how to take care of themselves. But he'd been single for... Yeah, his whole life. uh, Yeah, a long time. And he didn't remarry. He did not bring bring another woman in to take care of his baby at all. It doesn't sound like. But just very little family support. Yeah. Yeah. Just the thought of him taking her to the grave almost feels like celebrating or revisiting or like. Apparently she like asked. She wanted to see where her mom was. Well, okay. I hope it hurt him. (laughs) I, I hope it hurt him because that means there's something in there. Yeah. Okay, so your crime is very interesting in that it is the opposite of my crime. (laughs) (laughs) So yours is adorable and nothing happens? Oh, no, not that way. No. Okay. No. Um, I named it Giving Pities a Bad Name. I, I named mine Under the Bridge, and I've been singing Red Hot Chili Peppers all week. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you forgot to tell me about what Liam said. Oh, so he, uh, he came in while I was researching, and he asked what I was doing, and I said I was researching my story. Right. And he said, well, what's it about? And I said, well, it's a guy murdered his wife, chopped her up, threw her in the river. And he thinks about that for me and says, well, that's not polite. no no it's not Mm -mm. (laughs) don't do that it is more polite my crime in so many ways is so similar to yours (laughs) i'm really excited about this yay do tell okay so um my crime actually takes place in majorca i don't really know where that is i know it's where aunt marge went in harry potter And it's like a vacation-y place. Mm -hmm. It's a beach. I think it might be Spain. It it very well may be, actually. That sounds right. But I don't really know anything about it. Nope. But no, yeah, it almost definitely is Spain. Um, But anyway, neither of the people in it are Spanish. Um, One of them is Russian, Svetlana Batukova. Ooh, good job. She was 46 years old when this story takes place. She was born in Russia. And had moved. I don't know that they were living in Spain. Her and her husband. Um, he was German. Hans Henkel. He was 66. And at the time of this story, they had only been married for a matter of months. Okay. Um, 
so the story with Svetlana and, and Hans, they were like, the story takes place in New York, but it's because they were visiting. They had like a cabin there. <laughs> I bet it was more than a cabin. <laughs> Probably. Um, but it was like their, their like summer home or whatever. And so they had been together for a number of years. They had lived together for two years before they got married, but they fought all the time. Just, and the police would get called. The neighbors oh, would call the police. They would call the police. The local police had been out to their house a number of times. And yet they still got married. As you do. Yeah. Uh, she apparently was the abusive one. Like she was very violent toward him mm-hmm. um, and verbally abusive, but also physically abusive. And he was, I don't know if he was scared for his life, but he was somewhat afraid of her. And yet in January of 2016, they got married. So the one thing that it does seem like she cared about was she had two, at least two pets. I think she had exactly two pets. She had a Staffordshire bull terrier, which is essentially a pit bull. Okay. Might even be the same thing. Not entirely clear on that. Um, And then she apparently had a cat as well, but like, the pity was her baby. Okay. And she, her Facebook, which, you know, because this was 2016. So you can go through and look. And I don't know if it is still up, but all the photos are up from it. Mm-hmm. And it's just her and this dog. Just all the time, her and this dog. Not the husband. Not any No, friends. not the husband. <laughs> no. Apparently, there were some pictures of her and the cat, which is how I know she had a cat. But, like, mm-hmm. no, mostly the dog. Alrighty. And so trouble started well before they got married, right? Because they had been fighting forever. Also, they were both drug addicts. Sweet. Yes. Her drug of choice was cocaine. Nice. But she would also drink while she was, while she was, I don't know how she was taking the cocaine, actually. There are a number of ways, is my understanding. But while she was high, she would drink. Um, She also, somewhere between January when she got married and April when the story takes place, at some point she'd been in a bar and met a man and offered him $57,000 ish. Like it was obviously it was in euros and so it was a different, but it was about $57,000 to kill her husband. He didn't take her up on it, but a number of people heard it and and told police about it. Bad job, lady. (laughs) Right? Well, and it didn't sound like it was a joke. It sounded like it was legitimately she was trying to take a hit out on her husband, but not in any kind of secretive way. Is this like how I didn't know how to get drugs in college? She just kind of announced like, I'd like some pot. Right. <laughs> like, right. <laughs> I'm not cool enough to figure this out for myself. <laughs> Please help me room. <laughs> and then everybody looks at you. And if the police ask, you say, I was joking. I would never say that out loud in front of people. Oh no, my goodness. Who would do that? Right. Obviously. <laughs> so, yeah. Bad news. So then... Hans has tracheal surgery. Oh. I don't, I mean, I could think of some reasons why you would have tracheal surgery, but that's sort of a random thing. That sounds so painful. Yes. Well, it also renders you mute, at least temporarily. Oh, yeah, I suppose. Yeah. And so that is why it is significant, because this happened in, I think, late, late March, mid-March, so he was unable to, you know, scream. I bet she liked it that way. Mm-hmm. So on April 1st, 2016, 
she had been doing a lot of coke. She had been drinking mm-hmm. for a while. And they are at their house on the, <laughs> like, I don't know why. Maybe he was recovering there. And that just seemed like a good plan. Vacation would be the last thing I would want to do if I had just had tracheal surgery and couldn't even talk. But maybe they'd gone there to recover and relax. Well, but they are Europeans, so... You know, they still had medical coverage and he was probably getting some sort of disability payment and they, you know. <laughs> Diana's not bitter at all. <laughs> Greatest country in the world. <laughs> so, so yeah, why not? Like go relax somewhere. Yeah. Well, and obviously they were at least somewhat well to do. Like they had a second home, even though they both were heavily into drugs and all of that. So like a good portion of their income or whatever money they had must have been going to that too. Well, yeah. Coke's not cheap. No. Um, well, and if she had 57,000 like, presumably cash. Laying right. Around, well, like, I don't know. She probably was going to write him a check. Like well, she was but, announcing but it in a bar. Either way, I can't come up with $57,000 on short notice. No. Yeah. Well, I don't know though. If you're the kind of person that announces that in a bar, do you, necessarily have to have it like might you not also be the kind of person who just offers that <laughs> doesn't I mean, intend to follow through what's but the, i think she probably did what's the saying don't write checks that your ass can't cash Something. there's a saying in there there is yeah yeah yeah, yeah. um she stabbed him with a kitchen knife <gasps> repeatedly Ooh. till he bled out oh god um he couldn't scream he oh. Later, they did an autopsy, and I'll get there in a minute, but, um, I mean, <laughs> obviously, and uh, it he had no defensive wounds at all. He didn't oh. fight back at all, so they were certain that he had been drugged, um, but whether it was, like, he got high, and she got high, and then she killed him, or whether it was, like, she drugged him with something so he wouldn't fight back or in an attempt to kill him or whatever, well, it's it, all still very it new. possible that he was just on a boatload of painkillers? Probably, but it sounded like maybe, maybe even, I mean, like, she started to stab him. He didn't fight back at all. and then she stabbed him to death. So my guess is he was not conscious for the entire event, which is good because as he lay there bleeding out and she didn't call the police for hours. Yeah, of course not. Instead, she started carving pieces of his arms and hands off of him and feeding them to the dog. She stripped parts of his arms and hands all the way down to the bone. And the dog just, she just fed it to the dog and the dog ate it. And he had bite marks on him when the dog, I guess, Uh, then got excited about it. I don't know. Well, I suppose fresh meat. Yeah. Oh, oh, God. So the cause of death was exsanguination. He bled out. Um... I hope for his sake that he never woke up during any of this. And it sounds like that might be a real thing. Yeah. He didn't even attempt to fight back. Although if he'd had defensive wounds on his arms or hands, she did cut that off and feed it to the dog. So unless, unless they were thinking like it hadn't gone deep enough to hit bone, like he may have had. Yeah. No, that's a good point. Um, so anyway, 
they she finally called the police mm-hmm. police came and took her away <laughs> they arrested her for the murder of her husband <laughs> too sweet <laughs> yeah she didn't do anything to cover it up like eh, not a secret um and then so this was i wasn't entirely sure how the timeline worked so april the 1st 2016 i believe is a friday I'm fairly certain it was a Friday. Uh, And her arraignment, except it's not an arraignment, but like essentially was supposed to be Monday. Mm -hmm. And I couldn't tell if it was like the following Monday, which seems really fast. But at the same time, like why wait? Right. But in that amount of time, I'm not sure you could have done an autopsy even. So I don't know. You couldn't have had everything back. You could have done like the physical part of it. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, it may have been a, a matter of weeks, but either way, um, she was in jail this whole time. At one point, she apparently had a psychotic break. Um, although, well, a psychotic episode. I don't think there's any such thing as a psychotic break may, anymore. May, maybe another one? <laughs> yes. Well, so, and and they said it was probably caused by the alcohol and the drugs. Or the lack thereof. Or the lack thereof. I'm also thinking... She was fucking insane to begin with. Well, right. But then you like involuntarily detox. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Rough. So she ended up spending several days um, up until the morning before the evening before her first trial or court appearance or whatever in a psychiatric hospital. Okay. Um, they did that first trial behind closed doors. She was denied bail. They call it warranty. Mm -hmm. And so she remained in custody. She is still there. Uh, I could not find anywhere where a trial date has been set, Hmm. but also most of the articles said they weren't sure there was going to be one so I don't know if that means that they just assumed she would plead guilty or she was not mentally sound enough to ever stand trial yeah so it may be just a totally moot point but it was a couple years ago Mm -hmm. there is no update um other than they had this initial one she has not been released yeah I wonder if she's still like under probably psychiatric care I mean she was not right well before this event it makes me mad that it was a pit bull. Like, that sucks. Like, really? You fed a human to a pit bull, and the pit bull liked it. Like, that sucks. Also, my guess is that dog has been put down, which also sucks. Because it seemed like, from the photos, a very friendly, loving dog. Mm-hmm. Like, they, those were, like, sweet pictures. Not, like, her with a dog with a spike collar being all badass. But, like, right. cuddling with the dog. Right. Well, I so don't, that sucks. I don't know anything about dogs. Um, but are, are pit bulls and, again, I don't even know anything about dogs. But are they the kind of dog that, like, kind of attaches to one owner but doesn't really like anybody else? No. Uh, generally, they are. I mean, they're, they're considered one of those bully breeds. They're very right. hard to insure in the States. That's one of the big issues. They're good at fighting. They, um, they are a dog that will bite and shake, which is the big issue. And they have, like, insanely powerful jaw muscles and can, like, lock their jaw in place. So that's why they're, they're dangerous and they're good dogs to, like, fight against each other. Right. But on the other side hand they are insanely sweet and gentle with small children Mm -hmm. and like they're not they're very family dogs Mm -hmm. and um but they are so 
there's a lot of pushback, right? So there are these violent bully breeds that you can't have in an apartment and blah, blah, blah. Um, and so then people are like, but wait, look at my... And so the other half of the internet or three quarters of the internet right. is tiny babies with their pit pitbull-like love dog. Like, they're just so sweet. Yeah. So that sucks. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure if this dog was exactly the same as a pit bull. There's also a lot of variation in what a pit bull is. Okay. But um, from what I can tell, it's essentially just a different name for essentially the same dog. So okay. maybe a slightly different breed or whatever. But no. yep. So, and I don't know anything about the husband, whether he was a good guy or a bad guy or whatever. Like, it sounds like he took a lot of abuse, um, ultimately had a really horrible death. Yeah. will now go down in history as being the man who got fed to the family dog while he was still alive. Ugh. Yeah. But my story was like the opposite of yours. A woman killed yeah. her husband and cut him up and then confessed right away. Right. And, like, and they did something about it. And, and they did something about it. Like in every way it was the opposite. Totally was. no butterflies, but a cute puppy. So we have a couple of other things we need to do. We do. We have quite a list of things we need to do. We do. So Crime Crazy is sponsored by M. Gillum and Elizabeth Wilder. Thank you very much, ladies. Woohoo! Show sponsors support Crime Crazy through Patreon at the $10 a month level or above. So thank you. You guys are amazing. Yay! A very special thank you to our other Patreon supporters. In addition to our sponsors, M and Elizabeth, we have Michael and Molly and Peg and Patty and Brian and Jonathan. Woohoo! And Diana and Aaron. <laughs> well, figured that was implied. Well, it's true. But we do donate through Patreon. So basically, we give them our money and it comes back to us minus a, a deduct. So we're really supporting Patreon. <laughs> Yeah, whatever. I'll, I'll throw him a couple bucks. Sure. If you'd like to support Crime Crazy, please check out our Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash crimecrazypod or search for Crime Crazy Podcast. All patrons get a monthly shout out on the show. Woohoo! Also, our Patreon tiers are freaking adorable. So you should go and look at them just to look at them. Absolutely. And, and then give us money. Yes. <laughs> well, plus you get lots of amazing like goodies and yes. So we also um, we tell everybody on every episode that we do shoutouts for every single review that we get through mm-hmm. any means that we can find, and, and that is our intention. That is our intention, and it turned out that we were filthy liars and didn't know it. Yeah, um, we actually thought we had very few reviews, and turns we, out. Yeah, we signed up with a, I don't know if aggregator is the right word, but um, so. if you don't know, iTunes has something like 47 different regional stores, and you can yeah. only access the one in the region you're in. So I can see reviews from here in the States, although I wasn't seeing all of them. Um, but if you're in Canada or Australia or Hong Kong or Hong Kong's wrong, we have somebody in Taiwan. Oh, Taiwan. Thank you. I knew it was in the neighborhood. Um, so we signed up with an aggregator and found that, oh my God, you guys, we have so many reviews. So many. Thank you. Yes. So we are doing a huge shout out now for uh, everybody that has left everybody. a review. And thank you. And sorry. <laughs> <laughs> we had no idea. 
So you can get to those sites, but it's really tricky. Like, yeah, iTunes is annoying. It it is, but it is ubiquitous. So we are going to. Yes, it's true. So first up, we have got Facebook review shout outs. Um, shout out number one, Jordan Middleton. Woo! I miss you. Uh, Patty McLeod Snow, Michael Carroll, Chris Kelly, Kimberly Fleece, and Tanya Galino. I may have butchered that. Sorry, Tanya. But you know what? I don't know that those all sounded like names. So I think you did really good. Did my work here. (laughs) (laughs) All right. And now from all of the various iTunes and, and other places that we could find so far. Yes. First up, I have Troy the Trucker in Tucson. He is our most recent review. Also, love the alliteration. Yes. Thank you, Troy. I have Dr. Toboggan Mantis. (laughs) Awesome. Safhad from Mm -hmm. Australia. Oh, that's actually Jen from Oz. Hey, Jen. (laughs) Queen Duck 2014. Good Nightmare underscore S from Australia. Nikki Zarnecki, whose name I know how to say. Yay! Kim Lake from NS, which I am hoping is Nova Scotia. Hello, Canadian. So you're saying all of the places. All of mine have been from the U.S. so far. <laughs> <laughs> I have Trisha Lynn from the U.S. I have Candy B 47 from the U.S. Oh, I know her. Yeah, you do. Um, I have Jessica 1022 Asian Madness from Taiwan. Nice. I have, is it Gilly Ann Young or Jilly Ann Young? Oh, no, I don't know. I have Gilly Ann Young. I have Jilly Ann Young. (laughs) Both of them. (laughs) From United Kingdom of Great Britain and Northern Ireland. I have our good friend over at Forgotten News Podcast, also in the U.S. Hello. Tiger Blood Kitten One from the U.S. Mike Inkberg. Mike Inkberg. All run together. Also from the U.S.? I don't know how to say this. <laughs> I'm sort of having that issue, too. I wish I'd re- like read through these at a time. <laughs> well, no, I don't think it is pronounceable. So if you are from New Zealand and your iTunes username is Y-H-H-T-Y. Oh, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> and if... if there is a pronunciation of that you should send it to us right we would be really interested Mm -hmm. i have zimbalina 13 from australia and tone he 2257 from the u.s um all right so i'm just going to spell this one out c-i-l-9 m-x-m also from the u.s story spectacular from the u.s mlm 101112 also from the u.s i'm sure that has lots of meaning (laughs) (laughs) nerds from the crypt from the u.s pantsuit pantsuit from the u.s (laughs) oh i'm on a streak here nerds with words from the u.s are these alphabetized they're not no (laughs) uh janelle o'malley from the u.s c noel b from the u.s funk jam from the u.s jay good luck from the u.s CCD1111 from the US. Funny Girl GRRL from Canada. Bossy Pants 16 also from the US. K 
Carol, two, two, I think one, but it might be Al. I'm not sure. From the U.S. <laughs> Unspecified 42, a username I have known for over 30 years. Actually, probably not 30 years, but a really long time. Hi, Morgan. <laughs> from the U.S., from Wisconsin. Uh, cookie, one, two, one, nine, five, five, from the U.S. Ah, here's another sister, Emily Yen Lee from the U.S., who's also from China. Yay! Hang of Wednesday from the U.S. Hi, Brian! Uh, Listening in Washington from the U.S. Film Roast Podcast from the U.S. This one I really wish this is who it was from, but I've got Deborah Messing from the U.S. I got super excited about that. I don't know. Hi, Sarah! (laughs) (laughs) I mean, hi, Sarah, but <laughs> <laughs> although you were relieved that you weren't going to have to watch Will and Grace, I wasn't relieved. I just thought I would have a lot to catch up. On. <laughs> sounded like a lot of work. It did sound like a lot of work. Uh, Bloody Tea from Australia. Catman Vadan from the US, which <laughs> I bet Va is actually Virginia. Ah, yes. HD 11508 from the US. Make Me a Fan from the U.S. Misty Pop 182. All right. So So thank you. Thank you. We do give shout outs for all reviews eventually. Eventually. Well, now we are officially caught up. So as new reviews come in. We will absolutely. with Troy the Tucker in Tucson who came in today. Yes. (laughs) Thank you, Troy. Yes. Um, If you'd like to receive a shout out, please rate and review us on iTunes or your podcast catcher of choice. If it is something that is not iTunes or Facebook or one of the major podcast catchers, feel free to send us a screenshot so that we know about it because I'm not 100% sure what all our aggregator is catching. We're still kind of testing that out. Speaking of which, Equine Lover on Podbean left us a review. Shout out. Hello. Shout out. (laughs) Hi, April. I'll have to look at those too. Um, we give shout outs for all reviews, but we like the five star ones the best. It's so true. Also putting these reviews together, um, even though I, none of them are about me (laughs) or very, very few of them. Well, no, probably at least one of them, at least two of them, a few of them, but most of them are from the, the Jordan era. Yeah. You guys, people love crime crazy. They are overwhelmingly five stars. It was such a stroke to my ego, even though I literally had almost nothing to do with it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and people are so, so nice. And I am just thrilled to death that people listen and get in touch with us on Facebook and all of our other social media and are supportive. And yeah, it's it's really amazing. Great. It really is. Best part of my week, almost every single day of my week best part of my every single day (laughs) (laughs) yes so if you would like to be one of those fine folks that get in touch with us you can follow crime crazy on facebook at facebook.com slash crime crazy pod and from there you can catch up on the conversation by joining the crime crazy group you can follow us on Twitter at Crime Crazy Pod. You can follow us on Instagram at Crime Crazy Pod. You can visit our website at crimecrazypodcast.com or email us at crimecrazypodcast at gmail.com. You can follow us personally on Twitter. You're at E Plime. Nope. I'm at Aaron Plime. <laughs> and I'm at Diana underscore Secon. Find us on Instagram. You're at Aaron Plime. Nope. nope. E Plime. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> 
Do I need to give you a cheat sheet? I need to make them all the same. I do too. Uh, and I am currently at Classy Broad uh, MSP, but I'm trying to change it. So it didn't go very well. I'm working on it. <laughs> so Diana, as we close out this episode, do you have any good advice for us this week? I do. If 12 years ago, your wife has gone missing. Yeah. And the police come to ask you questions about it. Yeah. Shut up. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> this sounds like last week's advice where you told everybody not to get caught. Well, if you've already done the crime, maybe a lawyer. Also, if you're yeah. the cop who hears the words, it was an accident, and, and then ask for a lawyer follow up on that yes please yeah don't just let that go no 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 I mean well (laughs) and I think along with that how about call your people call your people all of the people and don't end up on next week's episode